You are tuned in to another edition of Americana Music Profiles, brought to you by Americana Rhythm Music Magazine and AmericanaMusicMagazine.com. I'm your host, Greg Tutwiler. Let's jump right in to the next exciting interview. The Lonesome River Band is one of the iconic pillars of the bluegrass industry. They are pioneers and innovators of some of the best bluegrass music over the last 38 years. On this edition of Americana Music Profiles, Sammy Sheeler, banjo player and member of the band for the last 30 years, is my guest as we talk about the Lonesome River Band's history and their future in bluegrass music. Sammy, welcome to the podcast today. I sure appreciate you taking the call. Hey, Greg. Good to be with you, man. So, um, we're going to talk about uh, Lonesome River Band, and uh, uh, you guys have got uh, quite a legacy uh, over over the last, what, 37 years? Uh, yeah, we're working on year number 38 right now, and uh, it's uh, like we were just discussing. I'm getting old. I've been here. I've been in the band 30 years this year. Okay. And uh, so it, it went, it's gone through a lot of changes over the years, but it's kind of settled into a, a really good personnel format, and uh, I've had the same same band now for five years, and uh, two of the members have been here almost 20 years. Wow. Okay. So it's a it's pretty, pretty good core. Now the band was pretty well established when you joined, right? Well, I mean the band. I joined in nineteen ninety. The band started in nineteen late eighty one, early eighty two. Okay. And um, uh, I joined, you know, eight years in, and the band had had three or four albums out at that point. Okay. And maybe maybe four. And uh, but it seems like when. I joined also at the same time Dan Kaminsky and Ronnie Bowman joined the band. Well, actually, Dan had been there for a couple of years. Okay. And then Ronnie joined the band. And we went in and did an album uh, in 91, that um, 90 and 91, we recorded it and it was released in 91. Um, that kind of, the combination of those four people just really worked locally and instrumentally. And yeah. we came up, we went in to record an album that was the most traditional sounding bluegrass album we were capable of doing. <laughs> that was our, uh, our goal. Yeah. And okay. in doing that, we ended up getting on a sound that nobody had ever really done before. Huh. And it, and, and it caught hold, and that's what kept me out here doing this for 30 years. Yeah. Did, did you have any uh, any thoughts at all that you'd be you'd be with the same band 30 years later? Well, I mean, at that point, I was 27 years old. You don't think about that stuff a whole lot. You know, I've been on the road for 43 years, and basically my career has spanned three bands in 43 years. Okay. And, uh, you know, so um, I I had figured, you know, I would ride it as long as it lasted, and so far it's held on and lasted for 30 years. Yeah. Well, and and ha- have become one of the, uh, certainly one of the, if I can use this word, top-tier bluegrass bands, certainly one of the more recognizable ones out there. A lot of bands don't get to last 
37 years uh, you know if if they're lucky they you know get 10 or 12 years there's certainly some other good bands out there that have been together a long time but um what's it oh, like yeah. being the gatekeeper of a of a band with the the history that Lonesome River Band has it's a lot of work yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I'm the gatekeeper the bus mechanic the check writer the booking agent uh, the manager I do all of those duties and uh it's, uh, you know, people say that the music business, you know, playing music is easy. Uh, they, I, I've asked people before to go spend the weekend with me and do all the driving I do and stay up on all, yeah. all that I do, and they'll see how easy it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, people only get to see the end result, which is what you guys put right. out on stage, and I don't think... Uh, uh, in the bluegrass industry, I think people are a little more aware of it than than you know some of the other uh, genres out there. But I don't think, in general, most people appreciate um, all of the extra things that you guys have to do to put that show on the stage. Well, I mean, unfortunately, the bluegrass genre is a very small genre, yeah. and uh, um, we have to work even harder to get what we get in in our marketplace and. Uh, there's a lot of bands buying for very few jobs, so we have to work really hard to keep keep the name out there, keep good recordings out there, and be be ready for the stage and put on a good show every time we're called upon. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You, you mentioned when you guys recorded that uh, album that, that kind of created the distinctive sound of the Little River Band. Did, or Lonesome, Lonesome River, River Band. Band. Sorry, I, I knew I was going to do that. <laughs> but but it's good. Com it's good company though. <laughs> Lonesome loser. Let's do that. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> uh, uh, um, so anyway, let me let me uh, back up. Um, so when you guys were working on that album, and, and you mentioned that you you kind of happened on the sound, did you know it then? Did you realize that, that you had come up with something, or did it take letting people hear that and, and see the response before it dawned on you that you had created a sound that, that would be uh, um, distinctive for the Lonesome River Band from then on? Well, I think when we finally finished the record, we, we did it over a long period of time, and just... Uh, Back then, you really worked hard on the vocals and, you know, worked to to get everything really, really tight. And uh, we put a lot of time in that. And when it was finished and I was able to sit down and listen to it, I knew that we had done something that was really good. I mean, I was very, very proud of it. I was uh, proud of my performance and everybody else on the record that had done amazing things. And so we really didn't know how it would be accepted. I mean, there mm -hmm. was just no way of knowing at that point. Because you think through the 80s, that was kind of the, the blossoming of New Grass Revival and right, right. Big Gritty Dirt Band and all these bands that kind of used a bluegrass way of thinking but also did far-reaching far music, mm -hmm. you know. And... Um, so us kind of using those ideas and techniques for playing in the traditional realm, I think that was kind of the the combination and the recipe that made everything different. You know, mm -hmm. we were we weren't on either side of the 
to we were kind of middle of the road between the very progressive and the very traditional. Mm-hmm. And fortunately, it kind of stepped accord with the younger people, but still did not offend, offend the older people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and that was that was where we were at at that point. As the bluegrass, kind of as a whole, seems to be pushing more towards the progressive side of it now. Have you guys been able to? Uh, maintain kind of that that fine line, or do you feel yourself as a band pushing more more to the progressive side as as times change with that? Well, we are pretty much sticking to what we do. Um, there there is a big you know big turn in you know the uh, grass economy they call it, or mm-hmm. you know the the more um, more almost uh, rock and roll based, you know, as far as especially in the bass line, you know. Um, right, right. The, band, the bands that are out here, you know, Temple by Thurlis, Ben Sky, and bands like that, they, they've developed a whole different audience, and then we will we'll never be able to get to that audience because of our background. Um, unfortunately, when you're um, labeled a bluegrass band for 38 years, that marketplace really doesn't want to look at. Yeah. And I've tried. Yeah. I mean, I've tried to, to figure out ways to get into more of that. And I really, every time we did get an opportunity to play one of those festivals or shows, we go over great. Yeah. But it, it's just convincing the promoters and convincing, you know, the powers to be that, that you will sell in that marketplace. And, we're getting to do Dell Fest this year for the first time, and I am so pleased to get to go play in front of that audience. Yeah. There again, that's that's that same kind of thing, and you know, so it's um, it's a tough road to try to get into that marketplace. But we're we do what we do. Our main focus is finding great songs and making them ours. Yeah. And and that is that's our our. Really, our mission statement is to do that, and you know, just just hope that we can maintain at where we're at in the business, and hope that bluegrass, traditional bluegrass, um, still is viable ten years from now. And right. the festivals, we we've lost a lot of festivals, unfortunately, because yeah. the marketplace has changed. Yeah, and you know, we're trying to trying to work with the promoters that are still out there promoting what we do and and hopefully we still and and hope we can make it grow again yeah are you guys writing a lot of songs in-house not right now um brandon written a guitar player he wrote a lot of stuff for us early on and at the time he was a staff writer in nashville mm-hmm. and that that whole uh marketplace there again, a change in complexion. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people aren't able to go downtown and, and do the writing that they used to do. So we had a bunch of stuff from him at that point. Our biggest um, asset is a few publishers and writers and pitchers that love our band and respect us and give us good material. And that's where all our stuff coming from right now. We, we're working on two projects right now. We have a gospel album that uh, okay. actually is a, is a tribute to a 
moved to IDF around from the Easter Brothers from here in my part of the country. Uh And uh, we're doing 10 of their songs, and we're doing another bluegrass record. And Brandon actually has one song on this record, and I think that's the first time in a couple of albums he's had a cut on one. Okay, okay. He's been with the band 12 years, is that right? No, he's uh, he's since 2001. Okay. Okay, so he's been with you guys quite a while then, and he certainly brings uh, vocally a very distinctive sound. I, I you know, um, uh, sometimes a bluegrass band sounds like the last bluegrass band you heard, and then you've got uh, the the handful of unique ones that you, as soon as it comes on, you can tell. And I know part of that is unique to the sound that you guys have, but I, you can when you can tell his voice. I mean, I I've heard you guys enough that I I know Brandon when he's singing, I can hear it. It is kind of a country, um, traditional country way in the voice. Um, like like myself, he grew up on listening to uh, the 80s country stuff. And and that was the country music that I fell in love with. And um, the vocal styling during that time. And so his his voice is definitely reminiscent of those, that era music right uh, and and the other cool thing about our band i think is the fact that we feature two lead singers yeah uh always and uh you know jesse smathers is a newest member of the band and he's pushing five years here now okay and uh, he uh he is just a tremendous vocalist and uh seems more traditional he you know he's 26 years old or 27 and he he is the soul of a sixty year old. He is very much. His father was very much deep in the traditional realm of music, and and raised him up listening to all that stuff. And and so he he is a student of our predecessors for sure. As a as a band, you guys have gotten all kinds of accolades and been able to do some neat things. I think. Uh, Several years ago, you won the uh, Steve Martin Banjo uh, Award. Is that right? Yeah, 2011. Yeah, okay. Um, are there things still left on your musical bucket list that you'd like to see the band achieve or that you'd like to achieve personally? Well, I mean, we've been recognized by the IBMA um, a few times as a band. I have been as a banjo player several times. Mm-hmm. Uh, We've been nominated a lot, but really the band's the only one to award. That was the album of the year, 1992, for the album we were discussing earlier, uh-huh. and the tradition. And then we won instrumental recording of the year in 2012, I believe it was. Okay. And uh, 13, somewhere in that neighborhood. But uh, it was, you know... On my bucket list, really, I've always wanted the Grammy nomination, and that's something that has escaped me for my whole career. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you're talking about the Steve Martin Award. That opened up so many doors to get to go play on network TV, doing the, the David Letterman show, play show with David Letterman. Yeah. And, um, you know, appearing with Steve Martin and, and getting to present, you know, somewhat traditional bluegrass to a national audience. Yeah. And, you know, that those things can never hurt. And uh, so it's, uh, we've, we've gotten to do a lot of great things and travel, you know, all over the world. I've, I've 
we've done European tours, we've done Japan. Um, I've been in all 50 states, and I think I've played in 44 of the 50 states. Okay. And um, it's, uh, you know, it's always, it's always been rewarding as long as I've been here. Yeah. The things I've gotten to see and do because I played a banjo, I feel very out trying to play a banjo. Um, you know, I, I feel totally blessed and honored to get to do the things I had gotten to do, you know, in the past 40 some odd years. How far do you look ahead as a band? You mentioned a few minutes ago you guys are working on two new albums. You typically try to shoot for one a year and then tour with that. Do you, do you how how far past that do you look? Well, we've always up until now we've always tried to do like one every two years and keep enough traction, you know, out of that album for two years to keep it out there. But now it seems like about every fourteen or sixteen months mm-hmm. you have to come out with something new in order to to keep things on radio and, you know, stay high in the streaming stuff and, you know, new releases do better than old releases. So, mm-hmm. you know, we we have uh, uh, been really concentrating the past four or five years and getting one out every 14 to 16 months. The, the fact that we're doing two albums right now, the gospel album is more just a, a passion of mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, that uh, because I wanted these the guys that were paying tribute to the Easter Brothers, one of them passed away last year, and there's still two of those guys left, and some of the greatest big guys gospel singers ever, and we just I really wanted to to do something to honor those guys because I learned a lot from them in my younger years, and uh, so that is not really being put out for airplay so much it's, it's more and also when you know we, we're still playing bluegrass festivals that have an older audience and when they come to the table you'll see about every third or fourth person walk up and say do you have an all gospel site okay and when you say no they turn around and walk away wow hmm. you know so it's it is a, it is a uh, commerce type situation but it's also a passion yeah of something I wanted to do and, you know, something I believe in. Do you guys individually have other things that you, you, you work on when you're not on tour? Um, some of the guys do. Uh, Mike Hargrove, our tennis player, he, he actually is, uh, he teaches, and he also does, um, he takes old factory fiddles, like Italian and German factory fiddles from back in the early, early 20th century that he finds and uh, regraduate. They had really good wood in them, but they're not made real well. So he regraduates the top, puts different baseballs in them and stuff, and makes mm-hmm. really good all ends out of them. And he sells those. Uh, Brandon Rickman, he's um, he's into lawn care and landscaping. And right now, actually, with our downtime, he's out putting in a back in in the tornado stuff areas of uh, Nashville right okay. now. Okay. Wow. And, uh, you know, trying to help those people out. And, you know, myself, I spend so much time with the bus repair, the uh, uh, booking, and so forth. And I also have a three-year-old son at the back of that. Wow. Um, okay. And I do, I do daddy daycare yeah. when I'm on yeah. the road. <laughs> so, uh, 
That's awesome. Uh, that's 12 hours a day uh, on my feet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, um, but you were talking earlier about, asking earlier about, uh, you know, long range plans and so forth. You know, I plan on doing this as long as I'm able and feel confident that I'm playing at my best. Yeah, good. And, you know, I'm hoping and praying that I've got 13 to 15 more years left on the road. Yeah. And that I, that I can turn it over to the other guys if they want to continue on. But if, if I get to the point I can't play like that, you know, yeah. at this point. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel right now, musically, you know, my hands don't work quite as fast as they used to, but they're still, you know, still putting out. And, uh, you know, my creative side is still as good as it ever was, if not better. So I, I feel confident I can still do this for a while. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's good. Well, I certainly have enjoyed your music. Probably one of the first bands I encountered when I got into this industry on the publishing side fifteen or twenty years ago, and uh, have, it's been fun awesome. following you guys. And and uh, uh, still at the top of one of my favorite bands. And so I certainly I'm glad to hear that there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of intentional uh, miles ahead. So I uh, wish you guys oh, yeah. the best with that. What's the best way for uh, uh, folks to to keep in touch to to track you with your new record and and buy some of the other catalog stuff that you have. Well, I mean we're all we're on all the social media platforms. Uh, LonesomeRiverBand dot com is our website. Okay. SandyShieldy dot com is my website. I I do uh, I have my own brand of stainless steel picks that I have, and they're available out on my website. Oh, good. And, okay. uh, you know, um, trying to trying to push things out for the banjo players, and, and that's done really well for me because they're a really good product and uh, different from anything anybody else has got out on the market. And uh, but you know, all the social media stuff, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all of that, we we try to be as active as we have time to be. Um, they can find all our music on all the streaming platforms and you know that I always try to tell folks you know if you buy from our website that's buying from us yeah that's supporting yep. the band the best you can do yep. and uh, our true fans do that and we're very thankful for that yeah good well, I appreciate it, Sammy. It sure has been good catching up and, and uh, hearing what you guys are up to, and we certainly wish you the best this season as the as we anticipate the festival season getting started back up here real soon. I certainly hope so. Uh, <laughs> we've, unfortunately, we've lost all our March and April dates, but we're hoping May is going to get us back on the road, and, uh, you know, it's, it's trying times, but we're we're trying to be strong and, and not worry too much about it at this point. Yep, that's right. We're all we're all ready and, and ready waiting and ready for the uh, for the corral to open so we can get back out there. It'll be a good it'll be a good spring and summer if we can get back out listening to some music for sure. For sure, for sure. Well thank you, Sammy. Appreciate it. Thank you, sir, and I uh, appreciate your time so much. Thanks again for tuning in to this episode of Americana Music Profiles. Find us on iTunes at Americana Music Profiles and on the Internet at AmericanaRhythm.com. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 